On this episode of Blacklight, I'll be discussing Ice Cube, the backlash against his comments and why I believe it represents a bigger problem within black America. And I'll be giving my initial reaction of a prominent Christian's powerful comments on the upcoming election and why Christians need to take a look at how involved we are in the political process. My name is Tim Fleming, and this is Blacklight, a fringe media podcast. Ice Cube found himself the topic of some strong discussion online um, and on various uh, TV news stations when the White House came out um, and announced that they had worked with Ice Cube on the Platinum Plan for black Americans. Now, we can go through the Platinum Plan in another episode, um, but for now, um, it's important to note that he has received a lot of backlash for this. Um, now whether the platinum plan itself, again, we can go through that in a different episode is, um, nothing more than, um, a bit of show, uh, to, to black Americans, uh, from the, from the white house and the Trump administration, um, or whether it's a genuine attempt, um, to better the lives of black Americans and to take take that step forward, a necessary step forward to creating um, e- equity for or equality for black Americans. Um, it, it's up for debate. It's up for debate. And so we can we can go through the, through the platinum plan in a different episode. But this particular situation reminds me of the Jay-Z situation. What was it last year, a couple years ago when um, it was right in the midst of Colin Kaepernick uh, kneeling uh, for uh, to bring attention to police brutality, and the NFL was taking shots uh, from the media. Um, they were taking shots from um, their own players. Um, the owners didn't like the kneeling. I mean, the, the NFL was just taking hits on all sides. Um, and I remember Roger Goodell uh, reaching out to Jay Z, um, and and Jay Z became almost an ambassador, maybe less an ambassador, more a consultant. Uh, for the NFL, um, and it seems to be, and looking at it now, it seems to be a popular move to uh, choose, I guess, a rapper, former rapper, uh, hip-hop artist, some of the best to ever do it, but to choose them as voices of the community, right? I, I, I'm not sure that anybody, that any black person in particular would say, yeah, Jay-Z speaks for me, or yeah, Ice Cube speaks for me, but they are... Um, recognizable um they're they're outspoken um and they put themselves kind of at the at the forefront of uh the struggle for for equality and um the struggle to uplift black america so this reminds me of that situation and i I remember when jay-z took a lot of backlash for that uh from a lot of black people in general how could you work with the nfl how could you do this they don't they haven't done anything for colin kaepernick colin kaepernick has been blackballed from the nfl why would you go work with the nfl and it really kind of it kind of bugged me a little bit right like if the nfl this multi-billion dollar organization actually you know what let me let's see what we got here what's what's the nfl the nfl is worth a combined sum of more than $91 billion. That's in absolute madness. $91 billion. 
if they come to you, if you're Jay-Z, the NFL comes to you and says, we want to be able to handle this situation well. We're, we don't want to say things, and, and this is kind of my perspective on it. We don't want to say things that, you know, that can be taken poorly. You know, we want to be seen as, a, as an organization that um, wants to understand what's going on, wants to understand why the players feel this way about police brutality, wants to understand um, what's going on and wants to be sensitive to those things. So if, if, if a $91 billion organization comes to you, and says, "Hey, we need your help with this." It's it's hard for me, it's hard for me to get mad at Jay Z for going to work with them with that, because while there obviously is a place of well, this is a good uh, look for them in terms of their image, um, internally and externally. Um, I I do think you kind of have to cut them some slack in that they're they're bringing in somebody with some cultural cachet, somebody who has for lack of a better word, clout in uh, in the black community. Um, you're bringing in somebody in, who probably has a fairly good pulse of what's going on in black America. And I, I, I can't specifically say that Jay-Z is aware of what's going on um, in the lives of, you know, many black Americans, but I think it's a good effort. He, you know, he's high, he's a high profile guy. And so the NFL comes and brings in Jay-Z to help and Jay-Z just took a beating from that from from black Twitter from uh, people kind of saying how could you you know go work with this organization that blackballed um, Colin Kaepernick for kneeling Jay-Z's a traitor all of these things so we're seeing kind of the same thing here with with Ice Cube and my answer is the same if the White House that the president even if it's uh, Donald Trump a pretty uh, divisive and controversial figure um, comes to you and says, hey, you know, we're developing this plan. We're developing something so that we can better the lives of black Americans. We want to get something on paper. We want to put something forward to better the lives of black Americans. What what is you know, what is he supposed to say? I mean, it, it it's hard to make a difference when you're not in the room of the people who are making the decisions that are going to affect your life. It's hard. I mean, you know, we can we're going to vote. People are going to vote. You know, if you feel a way about Donald Trump, you know, you'll probably vote for Joe Biden and vice versa. But if the person in power who has the ability to make a difference in black communities all over the country and who expresses an interest, however valid or not, that is, I am in no position to say, and I don't think many Americans are in a position to say whether or not it was a, you know, a legitimate um, request or whether it was just for for Donald Trump's image. I think a critical thinker could probably, you know, you could probably say it was one way or the other. I'm not going to say right here, but um, if they come to you and say, hey, we want to make a difference, I, I think it's wise to, to take them up on that and to be able to get in the room where the decision makers are. And to be able to get your voice out there. I mean, the reality is, uh, as black Americans, we're not in, you know, we don't have a lot of influence in those meetings. It's, it's the sad reality. We do have a number of, you know, of congressmen, a number of senators, um, but we don't have, we're, we're not in those meetings. So personally, I, I don't blame Ice Cube for taking the, taking the meeting. 
And whether or not he was proud of the platinum plan and what came out of it, I don't think it's a bad thing for him to say, yes, you know, I was invited to it. Um, and Or a bad thing for the White House to say, hey, we worked on this with Ice Cube as if there was no other uh, black people in government that probably could have been in to help. And maybe that's a part of the political strategy, but that's for another day. Um, you know, I, I, I don't blame him for taking that meeting because you have to be in those places of power or you have to be in those rooms with the decision makers, however legitimate the invitation was, you know, only ice cube can say. So, um, yeah, that's my, that's my initial reaction to it is that I'm, I'm not here to, to, uh, flame ice cube. He's, he's said some, he's made some disparaging remarks about, um, the Democrats as well. Um, and I, I think people are kind of in this political trap of, if you're not for us, you're against us, which is kind of how the, this country is is in a way kind of falling apart a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't blame Ice Cube in that way. I will say he is correct in some of the things that he said. He had a Instagram video um, in, in September last month um, where he was kind of talking about beware of anybody who's just telling you to go vote and telling you and i'm paraphrasing you should go watch it it's, it's on his instagram but beware of anybody who's telling you to vote and not giving you anything for your vote and i'm kind of going off on a, a little bit of a tangent here but um i i think ice cube is is really trying to play a place of i'm not here for democrats or republicans i'm not here to put their agendas forward i'm here to push forward the black community and I think we kind of get trapped in this dichotomous way of thinking, right? It's either Republican or Democrat. And if you're not Democrat, then you're Republican. If you don't vote Democrat, then it's a vote for Republicans. Or if you don't vote Republicans, it's a vote for Democrat. And I think that's a trap. And I think it's I, it's good. It's good that Ice Cube is in a is in a place that he's stepping outside of the almost uh, pit that is uh, being trapped in Republican and Democrat and saying, forget all of that the you know these large um political parties have kind of been used to to gather up our votes without giving us anything i i'm not for democrat or republican i'm not even necessarily for and i'm speaking for ice cube i'm not necessarily for you know joe biden or donald trump i'm for what's best for the black community and i'm going to vote for the person in the white house and the people in congress and our senators and governors and even our local politicians that are going to prioritize our communities because they have been so left behind in education. They have been so left behind um, in, in wealth. They have been left behind um, in terms of the COVID-19 virus. And, you know, black people are dying at ridiculously higher rates than, than those of their um, white counterparts. So I think Ice Cube is coming at this, in all honesty, with a good heart, with prioritizing the needs of black people and not prioritizing the needs of of these political parties we're going to take a quick break but when we come back we're going to talk about john piper uh one of the leading theologians uh, in christianity today uh he came out with an editorial uh with some very strong words about our current political climate and the current uh direction that this country is going um, I, I think it needs to be discussed. Uh, he had some very strong words, and it's going to bring up some questions about uh, the, the role of the Christian in the political process and whether or not we put uh, too much 
uh, weight in our hearts and too much um, of our efforts and time into the political process and not necessarily enough time um, in other places. So we'll take a quick break and we'll come right back. Piper is one of the leading uh, theologians, pastors, writers of, of Christianity in America right now. When I say Christianity, I mean Christianity, Christianity, and not um, uh, the kind of conservative Christianity that values uh, supply side Jesus or tax breaks or things like that. He, you know, he, he, he preaches the mission of God. Um, and I, I love this guy's writing. Um, I really respect what he has to say because he's just committed himself to to the gospel. But he came out with um, an article. Now, I, I'm sure he is fairly apolitical um, in that he, he probably participates in the process, but he he doesn't make his um, his views known out in the public. Um, he doesn't like to bring attention to himself. Um, and so for him to put out an article kind of on the current state of, of American politics um, and kind of how uh, he intends to vote um, is a pretty big deal. And I, I think it's it's a it's an article. Um, it's on DesiringGod.com. It, he is the founder of, the, of this uh, blog. I, I think it's probably what, maybe 10 years old, might be a little older. Um, but this article is, is called Policies, Persons, and Paths to Ruin, Pondering the Implications of the 2020 Election. And I want to read one of the uh, first things that really caught my attention, one of the first excerpts that really caught my attention out of this article. Um, he kind of starts it off with, you know, th this is probably as close as you'll get to how I'm going to vote. And he goes on to say, nothing I say here is intended to dictate how anyone else should vote but rather to point to a perspective that seems to be neglected. Yes, this perspective sways my vote, but you need not be sinning if you weigh matters differently. And here's here's the such a strong quote um, that I want to start with. And he said, actually, this is a long overdue article attempting to explain why I remain baffled that so many Christians consider the sins of unrepentant sexual immorality, pornea, he includes the Greek, and he says, why here in a second um, unrepentant boastfulness so he, he uh, lists unrepentant sexual immorality unrepentant boastfulness uh, alazonia unrepentant vulgarity unrepentant factiousness and the like to be only toxic for our nation while policies that endorse baby killing sex switch, sex switching freedom limiting and socialistic overreach are viewed as deadly the reason i put those greek words in parentheses so so before i continue i I was continuing to read and before I continue on, uh, he's essentially saying this is overdue to explain why he, you know, he's confused as to why um, there are many Christians in this country who are seeing the sins of our current president, the, the unrepentant sexual immorality, the unrepentant boastfulness, the unrepentant vulgarity, the unrepentant factiousness. Uh, it's just another way of saying divisiveness. Um, I believe, let me, you know, let me do a, a quick search. It's dissenting, dissentious, divisive, discordant, that's factiousness, um, and the like. 
so there are many Christians who who see those sins of our president and consider them they're only toxic. They're toxic, but they're not. Uh, they, you know, we can we can live with them. Uh, he he's confused as to why that is the view of many Christians, while they consider baby killing, sex switching. Uh, freedom limiting and socialistic overreach are viewed as deadly and things that cannot be um, that, you know, they're things that cannot be in, in our in our society. Now, he goes on to say he included the Greek with those original words uh, of sexual morality, boastfulness, vulgarity, um, factiousness and the like. He included the Greek because with the Greek, there's mentioned in the New Testament, according to, to um, John Piper, to be deadly. There's sins that destroy people. Um, their sins that destroy uh, nations, um, and they're not just deadly; they're deadly forever, and they lead to eternal destruction. So, I think this is a very interesting perspective, and I, and I think you should uh, look it up. Um, it's on his website, DesiringGod.com. Um, but he he goes on to say that these the direction that our country is being led uh, by an unrepentant sinner. And this, this is his view by an unrepentant sinner is deadly as well. It's just as deadly as is a country where that um, embraces abortion or, you know, I, I won't say a country that embraces abortion, but um, with policies that allow for um, women to choose to make to make that choice. He, he views that as deadly um, a country that allows for um transgender rights the right to choose their own for a person to choose their own gender um he he talks about how it's 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 hypocritical it's hypocritical for um a certain subset of people often the you know the conservative christians in this country to overlook the sins of our uh president that are deadly and really hone in on the sins that are of our country um on the other things of our country that they disagree with now i'm going to be fairly just forward here i i don't in in my opinion I, I studied political science philosophy and economics at taylor university um a very very good uh christian university uh here in indiana uh, it's one of the best in the midwest um and i'm of the belief that i don't i don't think government is there to enforce morality um i believe government is there to enforce rights and so whether or not you believe that um, someone who is uh, transgender or who um, deals with uh, gender dysmorphia, um, whether you believe that they, you know, whether it's right or wrong, the reality is gov the government's job is to enforce their right to choose their gender. And I do have a different view, more a rights-based view on abortion that I'm not going to say. Um, cause it's very much, you know, that whole topic is very loaded. Um, but this is just very interesting. And he, he goes on in the article, I'm, I'm kind of rambling, but he goes on in the article to kind of say he's not going to be voting because in his eyes, he's, uh, voting between a president, a, an incumbent president that exhibits, um, unrepentant sin and not only just unrepentant sin, unrepentant sin that he boasts about. He's like, I, I cannot vote for that. He's like, I, there's no way he's leading our country to destruction. But he's also um, of the belief that I, he's, he's I can't vote for the other person who um, is for allowing women to choose to abort um, unborn children, unborn 
fetuses. So it's a very interesting perspective, and I'm not going to go into what I necessarily what I think of the of the perspective. Um, I think he approached it. I, I don't agree with everything he says. Um, I really like him, but I, I disagree with a good bit of, of what he feels is right or wrong or what should be legislated by our government. Um, but it's important nonetheless, because one of my biggest beefs with Christianity um, here in America is that we've it, we've the Christians in America are almost they're almost Christian Republicans. It's almost as if like the Christianity is an adjective to describe their true nature, which is a conservative human being or a Republican human being. And for the most part, they've just been very in in the non-conservative Christians or even the church has just been very silent um, on, you know, what John Piper describes here and talks about is just the unrepentant sin of, of our leader. Um, the factiousness and divisiveness of our leader. Um, and I, I've had beef with that. And I, I appreciate the church that I go to. I go to Traders Point Christian Church here in Indianapolis um, being open in that they're saying, you know, we we respect the rights of all black people. We are pushing for racial equality um, in our communities. They do so much work here in the communities here in Indianapolis. Now, that makes me incredibly proud to be uh, a part of that church. Um, but I've, I've had beef because the church has been uh, fairly silent and it's almost as if the church has become an arm of, of the conservative party. And the reality is Jesus was not conservative or Democrat. We understand that. Um, there are many verses or there are verses in the new Testament that even suggest um, a type of socialistic community that the followers of Jesus and the early Christians uh, participated in. And you read things like if somebody asked you for something, give it to them. You know, if somebody asked you for your cloak, you got an extra cloak, an extra jacket, give it to them. Um, but the church had been fairly silent. So for John Piper to come out and give a um, give this perspective of and he goes on to say he's not going to participate in this election. Essentially, he, he says he's not going to, to vote um, if it's between voting for arrogance um, and voting for. Uh, you know, death, death by arrogance and pride or death by abortion, by allowing the unborn, uh, the the aborting of, of unborn fetuses. Um, he said he's not going to participate. And so it asked the question, I, I think it kind of brings up the question of how involved in politics should the Christian be? And not only that, is that if you don't vote, is that a problem? Now, this is part of what Ice Cube was talking about. I'll connect this earlier um, with Ice Cube. Ice Cube was saying, if, you know, don't let people trap you into saying, if, you know, don't not vote. You got to vote. You got to vote. Um, if you don't vote, is that an act of participation? Is that a legitimate act of participation in a democracy, the, the lack of a vote? So when we come back, we'll discuss those two questions. Welcome back 
to Blacklight, a fringe media podcast. Um, we just discussed John Piper, uh, one of the leading theologians in Christ- of Christianity in America today. Um, he came out with an editorial on his website. Uh, it's a very popular uh, website, desiringgod.org.com.org. Dot org. Desiringgod.org. Uh, came out with a pretty popular editorial. I see it was shared like 160,000 times. 160,000 times. That's got to be their most popular post, right? Like, I, I, I know this website gets traffic, but 160,000 times. That's a lot of shares. Um, came out with, with that article and essentially um, talking through uh, the the idea that so many American right-leaning Christians are willing to overlook the the unrepentant and sinful nature of our current president who bragged about sexual assault, who um, continues divisive um, controversial rhetoric, um, for no apparent reason, um, who refuses to condemn white supremacy, um, why they are willing to to see these things and overlook them, but attack the left for uh, their policies that uh, permit the woman for a woman to uh, choose uh, to abort an unborn fetus, um, for left leaning policies that um, are socialistic in nature and his point is not to uh for lack of a better word damn the right and embrace the left that's not that's not what he's saying his, his point is he's just pointing out the glaring hypocrisy um in in many of the christians of 2020 and and he's right um now do i agree with his decision not to vote that's his decision, right? Part of living in America is having freedoms and liberties, and part of having those freedoms and liberties is the freedom to not vote and not participate in an election, in a presidential election. Now, he did not say whether or not he would be voting, you know, period at all, you know, whether or not he'd be voting in his local elections. Um, you know, the presidential race isn't everything, and the reality is our, you know, state and local governments probably have a lot more direct of an impact not probably they have a lot more of a direct impact on our lives than the presidential election he didn't say that he just uh, he just in his own way said he would not be participating in the presidential election so i'm interested whether or not he will be voting in um his local elections but you know is an act of not voting in an election is that a lack of participation or is an act is it an act of non-participation and that probably sounded like i was sounded like i was saying the same thing but they're very different it's a little nuanced but to me i think it it depends on the heart right I i think voting is one of the most direct ways to that you is one of the most direct ways that you can influence your community your state your country it's by casting the vote i did not participate in the last election um i did not take the initiative and do that and and i am currently taking the initiative to do that um in this election but i you know i i didn't do it truly out of an act of 
you know, I, I truly don't believe in either side. I didn't want to vote. I really just did not take the initiative to do it. It seems to me that John Piper has put in a good amount of thought to not participate in this election. However, I, I do think it would be a disservice to his community, to his state, to not at least vote in his local elections, to in his state and local elections, um, and choose policies that um, what I believe are, are Christian in nature, or maybe not necessarily Christian nature, but that favor, um, favor the everyman, and even um, policies that will help go toward the poor, go toward people who are struggling through this through this virus, struggling through unemployment, um, many people's unemployment uh, checks have kind of have gone down since uh, the government stopped um, sending out the the you know the extra unemployment benefits. So, to me, if if you choose not to vote in the presidential election, that's your choice. But it would at least be of great benefit to your local communities and to your states to vote in the general election. I, uh, democracy is so important, and to me it's it's hard to criticize um, and critique what your what your government is doing when you did when you chose not to participate, um, which I am one of those people that didn't participate and I you know I critique the government all the time with you know with my friends and then uh, conversations. But to me, I, I think you can uh, not vote in the election and still have a political impact uh, and participate in democracy in your communities um, just by participating in acts of service, by, um, you know, by volunteering, uh, by participating in your communities, coaching, you know, doing uh, participating in activities where you have a direct impact on on um on, on those in your community, on the children in your community, uh, being a good role model. I mean, there are ways to participate in the political process without necessarily voting. However, voting is the easiest and best way to directly impact communities. This begs the question of how much should a Christian participate in our political system? And I, I think it, it's a the, it's a gray area, right? If you have an interest, I think it's different. It, you know, if you have an interest in politics or in economics, you know, I, I have interests in those things. So I like to read about them. Um, I read The Economist. I read... I just started reading foreign policy, uh, foreign affairs, um, financial times, but, it, but I have an interest. I, I love reading those things. Um, but, for, you know, if you have an interest then you know, by all means, but when the political process or political gain or the political game in itself becomes your Lord, then it seems like it, you're probably particip- you're either participating too much or your heart is just in it a little too much. Participating in the political process is a great way to affect your community, 
to make to allow for change in the community to do your part and to delegate to properly delegate responsibility of that change to the proper elected officials or who you believe those proper elected officials are but when the political game and the political system is an attempt and this is where our part of the reason our country is is where it is when it's a means to an end right when the identity of of your christianity is tied to your political party or when your christianity is then tied to policies that allow for tax breaks or that allow for um you know less intervention from the federal government smaller governments it, it you know it seems like your faith is means to a political financial or socioeconomic end and when that's the case god god's not getting the glory in that in in my opinion um he, he's not getting the glory in that we are so it, it seems to me that you know the christian has to participate in the political system enough to make a difference and enough to make their voice heard but not so much that it replaces god in their hearts or that their own um desires replace god in their heart because when that happens they now have a new god um, and that is a political gain and socioeconomic gain thank you so much for listening to black light a fringe media podcast my name is tim fleming if you have any questions or concerns you can reach us at fringemedia.co or you can email me directly at tim at fringemedia.co Thank you for listening, and until next time.